the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. is your source for breaking news and what to make of it all. This is the Mike Gallagher Show. The neighborhood of color that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. And I think it is fair to say Jesus Christ wouldn't spend millions of dollars on television ads promoting his image. If those ESG investments are actually the best investments, you can do it. We're not preventing you from doing that at all. But I really do think that this is kind of a hot house of cards. I think it's going to come crashing down. Now, from the ReliefFactor.com studios, here's Mike Gallagher. What a weird time, huh? On this Valentine's Day 2023, it's February 14th. Welcome aboard. Uh... Three people killed, at least five others critically injured. A gunman opened fire at Michigan State University Monday night before he turned the gun on himself. The gunman has been identified. He is a 43-year-old man, not affiliated with the university. He went, apparently, from building to building, and I'm sorry, I just can't help going to my default Reaction every time was anybody able to defend themselves. I think about this all the time over these shootings. There's two things that I think about. I understand why a lot of it is happening. We've turned away from God, from faith, from Jesus, from what made this country great. We are a Judeo-Christian nation, whether the atheists and the secularists and the, and the progressives like it or not. We pray. We turn to God. And and when, I'm sorry, when you turn away from God, you know, when people have no reason to think there's any accountability for their actions, when they don't believe, and that's the key. Crack open a Bible and see what awaits you. It's hard to appreciate that this is a brief blink of the eye, this life that we have on this earth. This is about eternity. And when you don't think that way, when you don't think there are any consequences for your actions, you can live your life the way, however you want. You can hurt as many people as you want. doesn't matter. Whether it comes to how you treat your, your spouse or your child, how you treat other people, what you do in life, what you try to get away with, how you can injure and damage communities there's no there's no consequence you'll you'll kill a bunch of people blow your brains out and nothing'll happen to you you just won't know it anymore you don't believe that you will be suffering an eternity for what you've done and for who you who you hurt you don't believe that so you just do whatever you want so it's so easy it's not hard to understand Look at, I mean, we got two parallel paths here. As we see the more and more of these awful examples of man's inhumanity to man, we see fewer and fewer people believing, fewer and people, fewer and fewer people going to church, fewer and fewer people praying. It's um, it's uh, easy to understand, and you know, it's also easy to understand. If my kid is in a college dorm or a classroom and a a, a crazed gunman bursts in, firing away, I want somebody to be able to to take him out. Sorry, I I, I know that's going to trigger the gun haters who who are hearing my words. The movie theater. Remember the the lunatic in the movie theater in in Colorado? 
He burst in through the exit door. He actually propped it open. He opened the door. And everybody, you you know what movie theaters are like, those darkened movie theaters, and they, they have the, the really, you know, the raked seating where every, you know, it's a sitting duck. They're all sitting ducks. And nobody in that movie theater had a gun. They wouldn't be allowed to carry a gun in the movie theater. I'm sure it's a weapons-free zone. And as that guy stood there like it was a shooting gallery murdering all those poor people in the movie theater that night, it would have taken one person, a woman with a gun in her purse, a guy with a gun holstered to his ankle or in his back pocket. Just one. It's all it takes. How many lives would have been saved? This is not hard. It's not hard. It makes me sick the way the do-gooders prevent people from being able to defend themselves. It sickens me. I want, if I don't own a gun, I want somebody near me who does. Please, dear God, may somebody in this building be able to protect us. And I have a hunch there is. I don't know what our policy is. I don't care. I don't want to open up a hornet's nest. I pray somebody in this building is able to protect us. I hope somebody in your building is able to protect you. I hope your child has somebody in the classroom who's got a concealed weapon so that they can protect you and protect your kids. I I, I just find it absolutely astonishing that we don't get it. And every time I say this, somebody will call me, oh, well, what do you want, Mike, the Wild West? Why is this so hard? I want the ability to defend ourselves. Isn't that the ultimate reason to keep and bear arms? Don't you have the right to defend yourself? Doggone it. And I'm not even mad about it anymore. I'm heartbroken. Three shot and killed. Five hurt. I don't think, of the five that are killed, I think, I mean, of the five who are critically injured, a few of them are not expected to survive. This monster goes in and just goes from building to building, just just doing what he wants, just destroying lives, walking in with his baseball cap on and his face mask, because Lord knows... The COVID badge of honor has now become the criminal's choice of crime. You wear your face mask so nobody can see your face. Look at the guy that they say murdered those college kids up in the, uh, uh, where was that, in uh, Idaho? Or where was that? The the guy that, that creepy guy that they say killed those, those, stalked those college kids. Oh, he had his mask on. He had his COVID mask on. Gosh, we're in trouble, aren't we? I, I I refuse to submit, though, to despair. You know, we can get through everything together, and we will. But in the meantime, honest to gosh, can you can you tell me I'm wrong? Don't you feel the same way? When I say that I hope that I'm in a shopping mall. And shot and shooting starts out. I shot start firing out. I hope and pray somebody near me has a gun. Do you not feel the same way? Do you honestly not feel the same way? Answer that question for me. One eight hundred six five five Mike. Eight hundred six five five six four five three. If you're in a mall, don't you want? Some, if you're not armed, don't you want somebody armed nearby? I, 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 what else do you do? These people that are committing these acts of horror in America, they're doing it because they can get away with it. Nobody will stop them, and they know it. They know it. The Second Amendment guarantees the right you have to protect yourself, to keep and bear arms. So please tell me how I'm wrong when I say I wish that somebody near me is armed. To give me a chance and give everybody around me a chance at life. We're in the relieffactor.com studios. And I'll put you to the top of the line. You want to tell me I'm wrong, I'm all ears. 
If you don't feel that way, tell me why you don't feel that way. Do you not want somebody nearby, armed, and able to defend themselves? Simple question. We won't even fight. I'm in a great mood today. Hope you are, too. It's Valentine's Day. Don't forget your sweetie. 800-655-MIKE. 800-655-6453. Take Mike with you wherever you go. Download the Salem News Channel app on your mobile device and watch The Mike Gallagher Show anytime. The Mike Gallagher Show in the palm of your hand. Download the Salem News Channel mobile app today. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You've helped MyPillow become one of the most extraordinary success stories in America today. Well, now Mike Lindell wants to give back exclusively to you, a Mike Gallagher listener. The Percale and Giza Dream Bed Sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale now for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code MikeG. Order today because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable. They have a cool, crisp feel made from the finest cotton on earth. Comes with a 10-year warranty, a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this amazing offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order today. Get them while they're hot. Call 800-928-6034. 800-928-6034. Use the promo code Mike G or call 800-928-6034. 800-928-6034. Or go to MyPillow.com. Look for the Mike Gallagher Radio Special Square. Click on that box. And with anything you order, be sure to enter the promo code Mike G. MyPillow.com. Promo code Mike G. MyPillow.com. Promo code Mike G, or call 800-928-6034 like we love to sing. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Promo code Mike G. The Mike Gallagher Show. I don't think there should be any concern about how well the United States is protecting our airspace. I think we're doing a fine job of it. I think the question really is, what is this balloon? Where did it come from? And and why was it sent? So uh, these are questions we want to see answered. But as for protection of U.S. airspace, no, I think we're doing very well so far. In the ReliefFactor.com studios, here's Mike. A lot of text messages on the MyPillow text line about Mayor Pete's comments that there aren't enough white construction workers in America, that's his focus in the middle of these train derailments. Uh, From Texas, hey Mike, just remember when everything is racist, nothing is racist. Here's a text from Michigan. Look Mike, recently here in Michigan, around my city, they did a big road project. I saw African Americans, Mexicans, and yes, some whites. They were just men and women doing their job. Buttigieg doesn't know what he's talking about. I just think it's astounding that he hasn't addressed these train derailments or the balloons. That's his responsibility. These balloons, these mysterious balloons that we've apparently shot out of the sky, but we don't know where they're from or what they contain, but we're shooting them like a, you know, like a, a you know, a video game. They were a threat to commercial airspace. He's the transportation secretary. Where is he? They send him out to talk about everything else on Biden's behalf. Why doesn't he talk about transportation? And this is a guy who literally said that bridges in New York are racist. That on Long Island, they purposely built, that Robert Moses built low bridges because there were buses that contained Puerto Ricans who wanted to go to the beach, but somehow the buses were too tall so they couldn't take the Puerto Ricans to the beach. See, bridges were built intentionally to prevent Puerto Ricans from going to the beach. Bridges are, I mean, it's unbelievable that this is the guy who runs the transportation department. Where's the media calling him out? Why doesn't anybody call this guy out? He's absolutely missing in action. For him, it's just a joke. Just an absolute joke. 
He was joking about the Chinese balloons, apparently, briefly, during the National Association of Counties Conference. This isn't funny. You th- I mean, we can have a good time about aliens and mysterious balloons. It's going to all be fun and games until a jetliner crashes into one. But he won't be laughing then. Listen to, the, listen to this exchange, again, during the National Association of Counties Conference. Here's the Transportation sec- Secretary, Mayor Pete. But it couldn't be a more exciting time for transportation. Uh, it, it's had its challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, we've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm-hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> He makes a little. He makes a little face. He raises his eyebrows and he says, "Oh, we got balloons. <laughs> Isn't that funny?" I'm the transportation secretary. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Secretary. Your government has stated that these balloons posed a threat to commercial air transportation. You know what that means? That means American Airlines flights and Delta and United. That means men, women, and children are on airplanes on jets that could have been impacted by these balloons. And they're barely talking about it. We don't we still don't know what they where they're from. We think they were from China. We don't know what it contained. We don't know what the components are. Here was uh Larry Kudlow on Fox Business yesterday interviewing Republican Senator Roger Wicker of Mississippi. Telling the truth about this stuff. Because I watched this, the first big balloon over Montana and so forth, and I don't think they told anybody the truth. I don't know why it took them a week to let this, you know, get this thing down. We should have either shot it down or captured it and brought it down. I mean, last question. In your judgment, Senator Roger Wicker, are the Bidens telling the truth? Uh, probably not the whole truth, uh, right. but but we will in a setting where we can ask the penetrating questions. We'll do our best to get to the whole truth, and to the extent it's not classified, uh, we'll let you know. Also, got to say this, Larry. Uh, I love the people of Montana. There are a lot of good folks there, and I know uh, you wouldn't want us to be careless with their lives. There are places in the Rockies this could have been shot down. Yes. Uh, w- without endangering anybody. Yes. I'm, I'm still fascinated by the text I got from New York saying I'm racist for pointing out that the transportation secretary thinks there are too many white construction workers. I'm racist for saying that? I wish that texter would call me. I'll put, we'll, put you, we'll give you a place in line here, 800-655-MIKE, or anybody telling me that it's racist to observe how peculiar it is that the American Transportation Secretary thinks we have too many white construction workers. Let's play the clip one more time for the benefit of anybody who wants to call me a racist for reacting to this. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. I mean, this is what you have when you've got a far-left radical progressive running the transportation department. His progressivism is more essential to him than his duties as transportation secretary. Balloons in the sky threatening commercial tra- air travel? Train derailments with massive phosphorus toxins in the air and the water in Ohio? Another train derailment in South Carolina? And you're worried? And, and listen, that's what he literally said. There are too many white construction workers. Tell me I'm a racist. Go ahead, call me and tell me I'm racist for reacting to that. 800-655-MIKE. 800-655-6453. Is there, in the history of the country, has there been anybody less qualified to be Transportation Secretary than that guy? How's he not holding daily press conferences about East Palestine, Ohio? 
How's he not holding a press conference about balloons threatening commercial air travel? And there's there are too many white construction workers? we got to hire more people of color on job sites. This happens too many times. Wow. Uh, 1-800-655-MIKE. Donald in San Antonio in the ReliefFactor.com studios. How you doing, Donald? I'm doing good, Mike. Good. Mike, I am way too confused to call you a racist. Didn't the far left once say to us, oh, stop being construction workers, stop digging ditches, stop building, <laughs> building, building, that's slave work. Why don't you go be doctors and lawyers? That's right. You it's know, too demeaning. He wants us to go back to being I know. construction workers. I, I know. Don't. It's insane. It's absolutely crazy. Honestly, you can't keep up. I'm confused, too. I'm too. I'm, I'm t- how can you call me a racist when we're all confused by this? Too many white construction workers. Doesn't the transportation secretary owe it to the American people to talk about what those balloons were? Isn't that part of his duties? Instead of going out and campaigning for Democrats, which is what he's famous for, how about talking about transportation? Robert's in Detroit. Robert, how are you? Mike, I just want to say real quick, I think the transportation secretary is incredibly disrespectful to the people who work in the building trades. We have years of experience, certifications. You can't just start up a construction project and hire people from a local area and inspect them to carry out that. And uh, I think he's insulting to the building trades, and he's incredibly ignorant. It's a great point. Thanks, Robert. 800-655-MIKE, 800-655-6453. Here's Chris in Pittsburgh. Hi, Chris. Welcome aboard. Hey, Mike. Uh, Yes, Um, Secretary Buttigieg has a very selective uh, sort of way he goes about deciding what is and is not racist. I'm curious if he would be bothered looking at a lot of construction sites and noticing how many of the people on that site are illegal aliens from, you know, Honduras or Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm sure that's not on his radar, Chris. I don't think he's worried about that. No, he absolutely don't worry about that. And it's, it's alarming to me that we've reached a point in this country where, and I'm sorry if this is going to cut against the grain, if you are either gay or black or black and gay or an immigrant or maybe an immigrant or half white, you can be entirely incompetent and it's okay. It's, uh, it's, it's the absolute product of affirmative action, of, of identity politics, of hiring somebody not because of the qualities that they possess, but because of the color of their skin. And of course, I'm getting flooded with all these text messages. Anybody driven has? Do you think Mayor Pete's ever driven by a construction site? He thinks it, there's too many white construction workers. Um, now here's a text. Hey, Mike, you live in Tampa Bay. I don't live too far from you. How many white construction workers do you see? And incidentally, there's construction everywhere. You ought to see what they're doing with this Howard Franklin Expressway. Over Tampa Bay, I mean, they're—I don't know how they do it. They're—they're they're tearing down the bridge. They're building another one. All there is is construction everywhere around me. You don't see a whole lot of white construction workers. Sorry, you just don't. Jessica in Harrison, Arkansas. Hi, Jessica. Welcome. How are you? Jessica, you there? All right. Guess not. Let's try Mike in Chicago. Hey, Mike. How are you? Mike, I'm great, man. Thanks Good. for uh, letting me in. You bet. Uh, listen, just wanted to touch on the uh, the construction comment. Uh, I'm a you know lifelong Republican and whatnot, one of the few in left in Chicago. <laughs> but uh, there's been massive growth here, like West Loop, just massive construction and whatnot. And there really are no black guys on any of the crews. Now, I, it's not Mayor Pete to bring that up, but, but somebody's got to bring this up, man. There aren't many black guys? Yeah, there's hardly any man. Like, like almost. Well, well they, that, I guess that I guess I guess you're on board with Mayor Pete. We got too many white construction workers in Chicago, huh? I'm not saying that, but somebody's got to get some of the. Uh, I, I don't know why it's. It, it, I'm just identifying it, Mike. It's not a. Uh, I'm not agreeing with him. Well, you must be. I mean, how does that even cross your mind? I, you know, it's fascinating to me. I go I'm, by. I go by a construction site and I see a bunch of Hispanics. As his uh, construction workers, I don't say, wow, there's just a lot of Hispanics here. We don't have a lot of... I mean, what, why do you care what the race is of construction workers that you're driving by? I don't even get how you, your thought process works. I don't care about the race, but oh. I, I did happen to notice it. And, it, you know, I don't know, in Chicago, you got all this crime and violence and no, no uh, massive black unemployment. It's and a good job. A failure of I mean, a construction a job is a high-paying job. It can be a really no, good, no. lucrative I mean, job. I, it, yeah. I think it's... 
I don't know. I'm sure they could use some jobs. Somebody's got to get them on a crew. Well, we got to get more black construction workers on the on board in Chicago, Mike. I guess. What can I tell you? I, we're not enough black construction workers. Guess there's not enough black. Bra- Again. It's such a shame to me that we even have conversations like this that are started by a transportation transportation secretary who says the kind of idiotic things he's capable of saying. Portions of our show brought to you by Fellowship Home Loans. Call 800-510-MIKE or go to fellowshiphomeloans.com. Slash Mike G. Welcome home. Fellowship Home Loans. I, I, honestly, do, do you think about that? Do you go into the store and you say, look at this grocery store. Hmm. How many white cashiers are there? Hmm. You, you, you walk into a bank. How many Hispanic tellers are there? How many black tellers are there? Hmm. Do you go watch a football game? How many white players are there? How many black players are there? We got to knock it off. Just knock it off, huh? If you miss any part of the Mike Gallagher Show, you can hear all the important moments from the show when you subscribe to the Mike Gallagher Show podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the Mike Gallagher Show podcasts today. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Mike, you're exactly right. Um, uh, carrying law-abiding citizens, one armed trained person in Highland Park could have held that gunman at bay till the police got there. Same thing in the college town. Hey, Mike, this is John in Florida. So, why is no one asking the question? Is anyone asking all of the people that were involved in these shootings? Do they wish someone was there with a firearm? Hey, Mike, it's been shown that people that have guns in that kind of situation only escalate it. They only make things worse because they're not trained. It takes a lot of training to know what to do in that particular situation. Oh, oh, so don't, so you, how about if they're trained? How about somebody who takes a concealed weapons permit course? How about somebody who takes a handgun course? How about, see, that's somebody, and I appreciate the call. I wish you'd call me on the air because we can't get a single caller that reflects what that person just said. It's been shown that somebody who's armed in a public set, first of all, what that guy doesn't realize, he's surrounded by people who are armed. He doesn't even recognize that. I guarantee he doesn't realize how many people are carrying a concealed handgun. Guarantee he doesn't know that. Second of all, it hasn't been shown that people escalate anything. What defense do people in a, in a shopping mall or a classroom or in a public space have if not for somebody who is, and I'll agree with him, trained and armed? Newsflash, everybody I know who owns a gun, they are well trained. There are women in my life who carry a handgun in their purse. And I can guarantee you, they know what to do with it. They know how to use it. They're responsible. They're good. They go to they go to the shooting range. They target practice. They are very comfortable with their weapon. And they're responsible with their weapon. But that's the, that is the left. That's the mindset of progressives. Well, you know, it's been shown. It just escalates. Escalates? Great. You tell that to the grieving families of all these kids who are going to be laid to rest this week in Michigan. 
Well, you know, if somebody had been armed, it could have just it would have just escalated the situation. Do you feel safer with somebody around you with a gun? Yes or no? In fact, that's our Birch Gold survey question today at MikeOnline.com. I want to see I want to see if how that what that poll looks like. I'll give you the results in about ten minutes. Yes or no? Do you feel safer with someone armed around you? Go to MikeOnline.com and click on the uh, the Birch Gold survey of the day. And thanks to our friends at Birch Gold for providing us with the platform to ask questions like this. Birch Gold Group, an amazing, amazing precious metals company, invested gold and silver the right way with Birch Gold Group. Just text the keyword Mike to 989898 or go to com. Tracy, now one person disagrees with me? How does, how, can, can anybody, please call me. I don't want to hear about everybody agreeing with me. I want somebody who disagrees with me. Help me understand the problem with feeling safer in public with by having somebody around you who's armed. Brian in Salina, Kansas. Brian, you're, we're going to try you. Do you agree with me that we 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 feel safer when people around us are armed going out to the mall? I feel safer with somebody armed if they are licensed and trained. Correct. Which I am. Okay, good. Which I am. Good. I want you near me. You know what? I want you near me in a shopping mall if somebody comes in guns blazing. Now, now, why doesn't the left see it? See how simple that is. It's because they are. It's not true. There are a lot of people who carry guns that are not properly trained. Okay, but there are a lot of people who carry guns who are. That's true. But you're not allowed to... As a nation, make sure that all gun owners are licensed and guns are registered. We can't keep the guns out of these people with mental illnesses' hands. Fair enough. I have done a background check. I have been background checked to make sure I'm not mentally ill. It's not a bad argument. So why aren't you allowed to go to the mall and carry? Why do you? Why are you... Go ahead. Because I've been licensed. No, no, Doug, you didn't hear it. You're not. You're not even. You're, you're. You're so intent on arguing with me. You're not listening to my question. So let me let me repeat okay. it to you. You go to your mall there in Kansas. What's the big shopping mall where you live? Uh, there's one mall where I live. Okay, if you go to that mall. I'll bet you it's a gun-free zone. I'll bet you there's a sticker on the window that says this is a weapons-free zone, and you're not allowed to bring your weapon into that mall. Why is that, Brian? That's not true. I am in, I am allowed to carry my gun into my mall where I live. Okay, if I am licensed. If you're licensed, I am licensed and trained. I, you I, I, you want to you want to wager? You want to put a friendly bet on it? I'll bet you a cheeseburger. You're not. Do you know how? And 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 let's forget the mall where you live in Kansas. Let's talk about all the gun free zones we have in malls all over America. You okay with those, Brian? Not, I am not okay with gun free zones. Thank if, you. I want you to be allowed if, to be trained, but if, if they're trained. If they're if. trained. I mean, so, so how's that going to work? So tell me how that works. It's a gun-free zone except for people who are licensed and trained. What about the millions it's, of people? It has to be, Mike, it has to be a gun-free zone because we don't require licensing for people to carry a gun. First of all, that's a lie. Of course we do. Do that's you know what people... It is a lie. Where do you not have to... What kind of license do you want? Kansas, if you're 18 years old, you can carry a gun with no training. Go, so good. So you know what? Then track, crack down on training. But I'm telling you, you're okay with... You have a gun for what reason? Do you have a gun to protect yourself? For self-protection, absolutely. Right. So why does the state or a mall or even a private company have the right to take that from you? You're not allowed to go in shopping because I malls. I need to be trained. Are, I need to be trained on gun safety. Oh, come that on. But, Brian, you're... I can't you're, go you're, you're, you Mike, are. You Mike, just I told, can't go pheasant hunting you, unless I pass the safety You course. just told me you're trained. Yes. All right. So why don't... Why aren't you allowed to go into a gun-free zone? Because there has to be, it either has to be all or nothing. All or nothing. All, there you go. Or not. You nailed it. it. You, you just nailed it. That's and I and I mean this with respect because I appreciate your disagreement. That's the ridiculousness of your position. It's all or nothing. Hey, young man, it's never going to be all or nothing.
Sorry, bad guys. It are, be, no, it's it never. It's never. It will not change. It's never it gonna. To it's it never gonna. Change. It's never gonna happen, Brian. You're never Why? gonna. How could? Do you realize how absurd it is that you're? You think that everybody in America can be adequately trained? Do you think the guy? Uh, do you think the mass shooter was trained? Come on, Brian. We you're, do you're, it. Five Brian, no, nah, Brian, you're not thinking, Brian. You're not, and that's fine. You mean well. You say you're a gun owner. I don't even believe you own a gun, to be honest with you. But maybe you do. I, I don't know most gun owners who think the way you do. But maybe you're the exception. Eight hundred six five five Mike Tony in Dallas. Hey Tony, welcome aboard. Did you hear the guy just before you? Yeah, I did, and I, I agree to a certain part of what he says. Like. What, I guess what you're doing is you're kind of making our argument. Like, I have five, I have five brothers. Two are in law enforcement. Right. Their problem with everybody being able to hold a, uh, have a gun, when you show up to said shooting, you don't know who the good person is with the gun. You don't know who the bad person is with the gun. You have to de-escalate and find that immediately or you're shooting the wrong person. So the other aspect of this is our side, I'm a proud gunner. I live in Texas. I've got a arsenal of guns my problem is is that we allow anybody that turns the age of 18 with no no background no training no anything can walk into a store buy a gun and then we just say oh well everybody should be able to have guns okay but then what happens in a situation like this where you think that everybody should be able to just be carrying guns how many of those people actually know what they're doing can i ask you a personal question Sure. Are you a registered Republican or a registered Democrat? Okay, and my a question simple to you question. is why does that matter no, no, on simple, this it's, subject? It's a simple why does it matter? It's a simple question, Tony. Don't evade. I will come answer on, it come when on, you Karine. tell me why come on, it matters. Come on, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Don't don't evade. But, come on, Grandpa Joe. Don't evade the question. I'm just asking. I'm interested. Are okay, you are you a Democrat or a Republican? I will answer it like this. Oh. I am a Democrat by default. There we go. That's what I thought. Bingo! Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Sorry you didn't want to answer it, but I'm glad you did. 800-655-MIKE. Sometimes it's too easy. This is your source for breaking news and what to make of it all. This is the Mike Gallagher Show. In a neighborhood of color that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. And I think it is fair to say Jesus Christ wouldn't spend millions of dollars on television ads promoting his image. If those ESG investments are actually the best investments, you can do it. We're not preventing you from doing that at all. But I really do think that this is kind of a hot house of cards. I think it's going to come crashing down. Now, from the ReliefFactor.com studios, here's Mike Gallagher. (laughs) I was thinking as I was watching the coverage of this awful shooting at Michigan State in East Lansing, Michigan last night, you know, we, we tend to say, we whine a lot, we bellyache, at least I do. I complain that we don't have enough God in our lives. I get mad when I see pushback over something like the uh, He Gets Us campaign, the, can- the, the TV commercials that ran during the Super Bowl. Imagine a U.S. congressperson, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, complaining on Twitter about an ad campaign that directs people to the Bible. Let that sink in. She, she she opposes Christian donors marketing and r- trying to reach millions of Super Bowl fans to go to the Bible and to remember that Jesus understands us, gets us, is relevant in our lives, or should be. And with these shootings, I keep thinking, and we talk about it a lot on the show, we have there is a par- there is an absolute um, cause and effect here. We see poll after poll, data, study after study. We are turning away from God. We're turning away from the church. Fewer and fewer people believe. Fewer and fewer people pray. 
You don't think these two are connected? They are. So I thought about this last night. I thought, you know what? Instead of just complaining, why don't I help be part of the solution? Like this ad campaign with this He Gets Us campaign. I want to remind you of ways to return to the foundation of this country. Now, the Irwin brothers are sort of legendary in in the space of people who appreciate family, Christian, music, film, television. In 2002, John Irwin founded a production company with his brother, Andrew, and they went, they've gone on to phenomenal success working with platinum recording artists like Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith. I mean, their, their movie, these are the folks behind some of the most loved movies of all time. I can only imagine, ring any bells, 2018, <laughs> it was the number one independent film of the year. And now, John is co-director of Jesus Revolution, and I wanted to start the entire hour by talking about this movie, which is going to be in theaters everywhere February 24th. John, I'm so grateful for you hanging in here with us for a few minutes because I wanted to start the hour. It's this important. Um, I, I assume you agree with me. I know you're a filmmaker and you're, you, you've are you got this great production company and you're co-director of Jesus Revolution. And before we talk about this film and what it's about, I, I got to believe you agree that there is a, this is not a coincidence that the more we drift farther away, from from really what should matter, the more we see these kinds of acts of awful man's inhumanity to man. Is that fair? Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting uh, about the moment that we're in now is just how desperate we all feel. And what I learned was that this had happened before in America. And mm-hmm. uh, I was making another film before we did the movie Jesus Revolution. I'm sure before we did the movie, I can only imagine it's early. I'm in LA. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I found a magazine that uh, I'll show it to you. It said it was Time Magazine. Cover of Time Magazine was said Jesus Revolution, and wow. and uh, I bought it and realized that in 1968 and 69, really we, we were in a very similar time of just how do we get out of this, you know. And uh, and that's when the Jesus movement started, and and that's that's I wanted to make a movie about it. Uh, and so, if there's any hope in all this, is that we've been here before, and uh, you know, a huge part of the answer was the Jesus movement. So I, the more I learned about the movement, the more I felt like, how can I make a movie uh, out of this? And we love inspirational through stories like American Underdog, and I can only imagine. Um, and so I just I just fell in love with this hippie revival that swept the mm-hmm. nation and all the good that it did. And, uh, and, and I think we found a way out of our despair, you know, and, and, uh, but man, did the word desperate come up in the research a lot. And I feel like that's where we are. We have drifted, we've lost our way. And, um, and, you know, I, I think this might shed some light on what the answer is. It's, it's a fun movie. It's an entertaining movie, but, uh, it's a movie I hope you love. But there's a movement behind it of like maybe this can happen again today at a very similar time. It's it's optimistic. In fact, I told a colleague of mine who's about the same age as me, he's in early sixties, and I said I'm going to get to interview John Irwin uh, to talk about this new movie, Jesus Revolution. He said, and he didn't know the movie, and he said, "You mean the Jesus Revolution, the one in the seventies? So you know, if you're if you're of a certain age, you remember it. You remember this sort of movement yeah. that took hold in America." Uh, you know, it, it must be so fulfilling for you on a personal level to work in an area, work in a space that does provide a path like this to show inspiration, to show reasons for hope. Because you're right. I talk to thousands of people every year in my job from all over all walks of life, from all over the country. People are anxious. We are we are in each other's faces. We are yelling. People mm-hmm. feel desperation. And yet. Here was a kind of a simple movement in the 70s. Hey, let's go back to some basics. Let's remember uh, the Son of God. So so talk, t- tell us a little bit about, is, is, if you can, I mean, first, if you can, does it, is, it as, is it as gratifying as I suspect it is to be able to do what you do for a living? Oh, it's incredible. It's magic. I mean, I remember... Um... I remember asking Bart Millard when we did the film, I can only imagine, you know, what do people feel 
when they hear the song. I can only imagine. And because uh, I got to match that feeling in a movie theater. And he said, you know what they feel is a rush of hope. And that's what we sort of took on our uh, on ourselves as a brand of we want to we want to tell stories that give people a rush of hope. And uh, the cool thing about Jesus Revolution, I've actually I, I bought these magazines on eBay four years before this cover of Time that read the Jesus Revolution was this uh, Time magazine. First time there was no picture on the cover of Time. It just said, uh, "Is God dead?" Wow. So you can see it. But uh, I remember, I and, remember it. And so you have four year gap. You have you have a Time magazine cover that said, "Is God dead?" And then you have a Time magazine cover that that Jesus is on the face of, and it said Jesus Revolution. So I'm a storyteller, and I just began to think, what in the world happened between these two um, magazine covers? And what I what I found was this sweeping tidal wave of an awakening and revival. And and then when I studied that, it came out of a moment of just cult, cultural desperation. And the more I studied that, the more I'm like, this is exactly how we feel today. <laughs> like, wow. uh, you know, in terms of just it's all going wrong. What are the answers? What do we do? And uh, and, you know, I'm a storyteller. So I was looking for the story and I want to entertain. And so I found this moment in time in Southern California, of all places. You know, I'm from the South. I'm, uh, and, and so we, we think of California in a certain context. But this whole revival started in California. And, uh, and and swept the country. And it was when, on a dare from his daughter, um, a, a very square pastor with a very small church, uh, Chuck Smith, uh, threw his doors open to, to, to hippies, which at the time, the path to come to church as a hippie was like, go home, run away, take a bath, cut your hair, you know. And he just let him in. And, and, uh, and there was a street preacher, Lonnie Frisbee, that, uh, that he befriended. And uh, and it was it was like nitro meeting glycerin, and it sparked this nationwide uh, revolution and and uh, a fascinating story of of imperfect characters, but caught in this perfect moment in time. And Greg Laurie, now a pastor in Southern California, was a teenager at the time. Sure. Met his wife Kathy. That's portrayed in the film. And so wow. it's just this. It's this. It's a fun movie. It's it's sort of like uh, almost famous, or you know, but but it's a movie for the entire family, and it's a movie that. I think just points the way to to where a generation found answers at a very similar time. And if it happened once, it can happen again. You know, when you study American history, there's these revivals about every 50 years, all the way back to the Great Awakening. And I'm a huge fan of the revolution and, and just studying that time period. It would have never happened were it right. not for the Great Awakening. So this is a huge part of our history. And this is the last one. The last one happened uh, in the 70s. And Time Magazine uh, uh, named it the Jesus Revolution. So it's a miracle that a movie studio like Lionsgate is letting us make this movie. And, and it's another miracle that they're putting out wide in theaters next week. Um, and so hopefully we can make some noise that maybe this is a, maybe this is a, a path to the answers, you know, and, uh, right. and sometimes loving each other. And, you know, again, it might sound, sound cliche, but Jesus was the answer then. And, um, and he can be again. I am, um, of course, it's a testament to you as to why Lionsgate committed uh, to, to you to, to do this movie. You said you're a storyteller. You're a great storyteller. And I am so honored to be able to tell everybody about it. JesusRevolution.movie. Go to JesusRevolution.movie for details. It, go, it opens theater-wide next week. A Jesus Revolution. Congratulations on this. John, keep fighting the good fight. And thank you so much for getting up early for us. We all appreciate you very much. And I can't wait to see the movie. I know it's going to be a big hit. Well, appreciate you. Thanks for letting me uh, uh, get the word out. And by the way, there's, there's a, there is an uprising under the hood of Hollywood, under the hood of the entertainment industry on behalf of Christianity and values. Nice. You're not going to feel it for a few years, but I'm telling you it's happening. I'm right in the middle of it. And be encouraged. Nice, I am. You've given me reason for hope. You gave it. You gave us all a little encouragement and a little reason to, to be inspired. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Co-director of Jesus that Revolution, works. John Irwin. Uh, JesusRevolution.movie, and I can't wait. Next week, it's going to be in theaters everywhere. See, this is what we have to do. How do you see this this shooting at Michigan State and not say, on some level, well, <laughs> we keep turning away from God, we're going to see more of this. We keep turning away from prayer, from the Bible. I have so many friends in my life who say we need, we absolutely need a revival. We need spiritual revival in America. And, you know, every chance I get, I'm going to remind you of things like this movie, JesusRevolution.movie. 
Hope you, I hope you go see it next week. And when you saw this news last night out of Michigan State University, here we go again. Another shooting. My gosh. Are we ever going to just kind of recognize the answer is right under our nose? Welcome in. It's Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February 14th. We're in the ReliefFactor.com studios. Thank you for tuning in. Our number is 800-655-MIKE. we got a lot to cover today. A lot of breaking news. Um, shockingly, the Transportation Secretary doesn't have anything to say about these train derailments going on, but he is concerned about too many white construction workers. I kid you not. That and more coming up. Watch the Mike Gallagher Roundtable exclusively on the Salem News Channel. Mike's team, Derek, Tracy, Yuri, and Eric, share their opinions on the biggest stories Mike discusses every day. Get your seat on the Mike Gallagher Roundtable at the start of every hour on the Mike Gallagher Show, only on Salem News Channel. Looking around, said, "Who's got uh, who's got a Valentine's Day birthday in the musical world?" Uh, this guy's got a, a few Bentleys in the garage, I guess. The great Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty fame, and of course, this little collab with Santana. Rob Thomas is fifty-one, always smooth, always ready. Our friend Mike Gallagher. Hello, happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day to what'd you. you. What'd you get her? Did you get her chocolates? You get her. No, not Flowers? not a cho- not a chocolates person. Uh, no, we, 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 she's I, I don't not see a sweet. Her no, 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 no. no. Uh, no. F- fan of the flowers, so uh, nice. we we did. Good. And I do- and here's the funny thing: since I'm here this morning, and I got a, just a couple of quick things to do. We're going out to dinner tonight. We've got Good. a couple of quick things to do, so it'll be noonish, oneish before I'm I'm home. Right. Uh, I went ahead and did the flower delivery yesterday afternoon, went, which was great because the my florist of record. I'm figuring they like every. Let's send some love to the flower shops of of Texas of, of America. Do you know what kind of stark insanity must be going on inside those buildings? Because I thought it's better for me to get in yesterday, get in, get out, so nobody runs out of roses or anything like that but to the flower shops first of all you know no violin music they're they're making they're they're, they're making bank today and good for them but but the degree to which they serve uh, a, a country uh, a community hungry for floral arrangements uh, good for them today well we got we had some weird stuff going on on this valentine's day i mean thankfully the white house did deny aliens they did they said it's not <laughs> yes, extraterrestrials thank you the general can't deny it but corinne jean pierre does now i'd flip that because i'm thinking if there's any chance of aliens she's going to cover that i mean she'd have she, a hotline to that uh, to that source meanwhile <laughs> we got train we got this terrible shooting in michigan we got the we got the train derailments going on uh including one I mean, I don't mean to laugh. This is so ghastly. What these people in East Palestine, Ohio, are going through, like a mushroom cloud, Mm -hmm. and they're all choking and vomiting, and they've got headaches. And They they told them to come back early, and all the animals are dead, or a lot of them are. Fish are dying. The birds are dropping out of the sky, but the water's okay to drink, they tell them. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't just ignore that eyeball growing out of your forehead next year. I mean, what in the world? And where's Pete Buttigieg? Honest to goodness, this can't be right. The transportation, this does fall under the purview of the transportation secretary, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So he's MIA, except he's at a panel somewhere complaining about too many white construction workers. Of course, and bridges are racist and and any one of a number of others. He's at a panel in the middle of a trio of train derailments, and the prominent takeaway news account was Buttigieg whining about communities not seeing enough construction workers of color. Now, I mean, it's hard not to lose your mind over this stuff, but you hear it and you think, think, this can't be real. That's really what you're worried about is, and, and, you know, we're going to play the clip today. I'm sure you've heard it by now. He's sitting there saying, you know, what I'm concerned about is uh, we have these projects, these construction projects that come to communities of color, but the people in the communities of color see the construction workers don't represent them. They don't really, they don't. Sit sit tight. Is the, okay. What does of color mean? Just what's your definition of of color? Go. Well, their definition is black or brown. 
Well, okay, then <laughs> perfect. Uh, to me, of color means not white. I guess Correct. white is absence of color, and anything else is Correct. of color. Great, fine. I mean, Nikki Haley announcing today, woman of color. She's Indian. Great. But here's what's weird. So this is Mayor Pete complaining that black folk are seeing construction projects, and there aren't enough black construction workers. Well, those aren't all white. I can't remember the last time I saw a white guy building anything. on. Uh, they're all Hispanic. So is this like internecine squabbling among people of color, where the black folk are complaining there are too many Hispanics? Is that Your a color good color is darker than my <laughs> color. This shade is browner, black. Uh, it's insane. I mean, but you, but, but you break down the anybody but white position that I've been talking about reparations. Because think about this. If you're black or you have black heritage and you have some kind of black history where you, you have a slave in your in your lineage, mm-hmm. then you can't be expected to pay yourself on this goofy reparation scheme. So only people who are not black must pay, right? How because how will this work? You have to be taxed. I mean it's gonna come out right. of your it's gonna come out of your income. It's gonna come out of your paycheck. It's yep. gonna ha- has to come out of your wages. You have have to be taxed for reparations. You know, you know, California wants to pay trillions of dollars yep. to to people in San Francisco who have come from from a slavery background. Well, that must only be anybody but a black person. So, why, so Asians and Hispanics will be right. paying this freight. You too. have to. Asians, not not only were they never slaveholders, none of their their ancestors were slaves. Bingo. So that that's a great plan. That's a that uh, won't lead to divisiveness uh, at all in America. Uh, I, it's it's insane. I mean, it's it, we're we're at a, we really are. The White House denying aliens is about right. I mean, it really does. It fits. It just is absolutely fit. oh, it fits over this. And, and you know, I, I loved what you said. I was driving in today, as I always do, listening. This doctor getting emotional, this Dr. Denny Martin at E.W. Sparrow Hospital, uh, weeping over this, uh, this shooting in Lansing, Michigan. Um, this has become... Uh, listen, I, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and frankly... I think a, a healthy dose of the Second Amendment for people to be able to defend themselves goes a long way in this debate we're having. Yes. But you hit all the right notes today in talking about society's godlessness, the drifting away. I mean, we are at a point right now, we're at an inflection point. There's a There was a campaign called He Gets Us, and we interviewed the pe- one of the people behind yes. the campaign during the this Super Bowl. This made national news with oh. huge attention. Please tell me how. I heard snippets. Tell me how that went. For well, those that don't it, know, the He Gets Us ad campaign was two, count them two, really expensive, commercials that were about what? About Jesus. Right. And people in the went Super Bowl. nuts. A lot of people went, oh, it's about Jesus. But when well, you talk well, to the guy AOC who AOC complained about them. Alexander, now, so we have a U.S. congresswoman mm. who thinks that Jesus is fascist. I guess. I don't know. She doesn't like the group of Christian. Supposedly, there's a group of Christian donors. The only person who's been identified is one of the founders of Hobby Lobby, mm-hmm. um, who, to, who confirmed to Glenn Beck that he was one of the donors. But other than that, the donors are anonymous because they don't want to make it about them. And, of <laughs> course, they don't, want to have, they, they don't want their lives ruined by jackals. Correct. Yeah. Right, absolutely, because their message is simple. Jesus, uh, he, it's a, it's the relatability of Jesus during He's these there troubled for times. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he is there for you. And it gets it gets a little tricky because they they show Black Lives Matter protesters and some images of protests, mm-hmm. and the the quote they used in the Super Bowl ad is Jesus loves the people we hate. Now, this, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of evangelicals are, you know, they're upset about it. They're worried. Oh, are these, is this Christianity light? You know, I'm a simple guy, Mark. I'm not, I, I fall, I'm a fallen man. I make mistakes left and right all during my life. But I kind of believe that anything that tells people about the Bible and Jesus in, the, in, a, in an atmosphere like the Super Bowl Absolutely. is a pretty good thing. As AOC, long as it's not, as long as it, because there are people who only go for the touchy-feely Jesus, and there are people who misstate and who, quite frankly, pervert the message of Jesus by saying that he would want us to open our borders, or he wants us to have endless government spending on welfare, neither of which is true. But these particular ads that you've been talking about, that you talk to the guy who's behind them, are absolute pure evangelical truth about reaching out to 
everybody about the message of Christ. It points you to a Bible study lesson. When you go to the hegetsus.com, which is the website, it literally takes you to the Bible. Now, I'm sorry, uh, that ain't Christianity light. That is not problematic. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. And for the $20 million they reportedly spent, I hope they brought many, many millions of people to Christ. But, But here we are. We've got a prominent Democrat congresswoman condemning the campaign. The New York Daily News yesterday, it's an anti-LGBT message. Anti-LGBT? Everything is anti-LGBT because, frankly, the left sees Christianity as anti-LGBT. They just just see, well, these donors, Hobby Lobby, oh, the Hobby Lobby guy, he once donated to Alliance Defending Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom defends, like, you know, the Jack the Cake Baker. So, therefore, they're, therefore, de facto anti LGBT hate group hate group I mean this is how they this is how they think they're so twisted and they're so convoluted and Americans are just beaten down by it I mean here's a text from Dawn in Keller Texas I'm really worried about the US and all that is happening there is really too much happening to claim it's a coincidence and Mark isn't that but I know we we roll our eyes and we think oh gosh here we go conspiracy theories come on Tr- balloons everywhere, trains, <laughs> derailment. I mean, what the heck is going on? It's what? a lot. There, there are you know, from you know. I have a feeling that if you go to nine eleven or Vietnam or Pearl Harbor, people would say things got a little busy as well. But there's a confluence of all kinds of really admittedly odd things. I would suggest that rather than. Uh, hunker down and wonder if, you know, tomorrow's our last day. We should all, and not, you know, not to offend the end timers, we should always live as if it might be, but actively expecting it to be is not scriptural at all. How about we just address things case by case, point by point, and I hope, and, and thank you for listening to my early uh, rant there. In it the was beautiful. Hour. Some of it is a political solution. Most of the stuff is about us. Most it's of it is about us. making our lives better and helping others make their lives. It's our heart. It's our head. It's where we do we lean into our faith? Are we prayerful? Are we are, do we turn to God? Every catastrophe I've ever covered in the years that I've done this is always accompanied by lots of prayer. I never forget to tell the story about Columbine. They sent me out to Columbine to cover that massacre. I was there the after the day it happened, and you know what everybody was doing everywhere praying. They're all on their knees praying and grasping, clasping arms and and huddling together and praying. It's what we do. I promise you, it's what people did after the crazed mass shooter who shot dead three students and left these others in critical condition at Michigan State University. A lot of prayer. It's what we should be doing. So we say it, but we don't do it. We kind of, I mean, we instinctively think about it in times of crisis, but not in our daily lives. And that's what your Beautiful. your message was, was so good. We got to do this day to day. That's the, again, this He Gets Us campaign. And also today on the show, we're going to, I mean, I'm really, really focused on your message about spirituality. We're going to talk to Joe Irwin, one of the great Irwin brothers, a production company, Joe and Andrew, lots of Christian work. And they've got a movie that's going to be in theaters everywhere in a week or so, the Jesus Revolution, based oh, on the oh, Jesus oh, movement that's one for, from in California the in the 70s, absolutely. You bet, you bet. And there's a great story about it. Uh, just a time to get a little bit back to Jesus. By the way, quick and, and pop Ke- culture. And, and, Kel- and Kelsey Grammer is in that thing. Oh, good, good. Well, we're going to find out all about it from mm-hmm. Joe Irwin. Anyway, and a ahead, quick note, a little pop culture note. Like you and I like mm-hmm. to share stories, and I always like to talk about things I'm watching, things we're reading, things we're doing. This is dark. This is evil. This is not. Oh, this is definitely, d- decidedly not oh. spiritual. <laughs> okay, Have great. you heard about the Sarah Lawrence College Cult documentary? Only I think it's, by name. I just oh what's going on in there? Just word what is, what on is Hulu. That? It's yeah. only three parts. Mm-hmm. It is the most fascinating expose of a man, one guy, who moves into his daughter's college dorm room. And starts grooming and manipulating and destroying the lives of these this, these college kids. It's the weirdest. And here's what's weird about it: you're watching this documentary and you're screaming, "Get out!" Yes, what the, that's 
What, but but why, people why don't tell me they, what it, what is it that keep and you never know until what is it that keeps people from having the wisdom that we have sitting on the couch where we yell at them with a solution that and would end, that end the problem in a millisecond. And Mark, they're smart kids. The one girl, it was heartbreaking. She went right out of heart, right out of high school into Harvard to become a doctor. She was the most broken of them all. She's still broken. These this family, there's like three kids, two sisters and a brother, yeah. and they, they're all bro- and the art and the position in the document. It kind of explains it because you don't understand it. When you get take when you get taken over by that cult mindset, I you guess. don't you don't get out. I or is that just is that just an excuse, or is it that a whole lot of why people don't are, they get out? Because a whole lot of people are stupid and weak willed and don't have emotional intelligence and, and just eh, well maybe uh, yeah I guess it's just the weirdest thing you're say. gonna get. That's I guess. I mean, maybe I that's know. who these people target. Maybe the bad guys target vulnerable, in your words, stupid well, people. But and if, they you, know if they... you if you're a cult or if you're a whatever a predator of some type, and and you target a hundred people, if you get twenty of them, well, those are the one you get. Those are the ones you he get. told. Those... He told uh, this guy told um, he told one of his friends. I'm building an army, and it was a sex cult. Okay. He beat these kids. He it was awful. It's called stolen youth. It's fascinating, okay. and I'm go. interested if any of our our our, our folks, uh, you know, our audience watches it because I couldn't wrap my brain around it because I don't the get feel it. Feel good I, hit of the summer. Well, I will uh, give you yeah, tomorrow. No, I, 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 no I, but but I am listen as we have discussed. I do often pay attention to things that are a, a snapshot of human foible, human f- uh, frailty, human failing in order to learn about the human condition. I will give you some uplifting things tomorrow of, of people I've stumbled across. A major star who I'd kind of written off a few years ago, but who's now in an incredible number of fantastic things. And so I'll give you some stuff. So we'll do, we'll wow. get people's. Is uh, it Roseanne Barr? Uh, no, God bless her. She's back she's doing back. stand-up. She's on and every she was, Fox on show Fox. the last three days. Oh, they, so. are, they are pumping her. I mean, yep. they got her promoting her out the wazoo. And good, I good mean, for her. Good, good for her. her. I'll see if we can get her on our show. Be, wouldn't uh, she be a fun you know, I think I saw her on Home Shopping Network this morning. So I'll I'll I bet think she's, she's doing stuff. <laughs> All right, man, I know you're doing stuff, and we'll be see paying you. attention. It is Happy the Mike Valentine's Gallagher Show. Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com